Every lost possession we recover. We have come to Mount Zion to the city of our God. We have come to Mount Zion. To the city of our God. So give your shepherd of Israel. You will lead Joseph like a flock. Give your old shepherd of Israel. You will lead Joseph like a flock. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwells. Shine before a frame, Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your strength, save your people. Restore us, O God, cause your face to shine, we shall be saved. Stir up your strength and come and sing. Stir up your strength. And come and say, mm, stir up your strength and come and say. So give your shepherd of Israel, who leads himself like a flock. Give your old shepherd of Israel, who leads. 
yourself like a flock. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. 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 Shine forth.
Hallelujah. I want us to acknowledge something beautiful according to the scriptures. The Bible says that we are we were brought forth by the word of truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says the word of truth gave birth to us. Amen. The Bible also says in um first Peter chapter one being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Hallelujah. So we are the offspring of God. Hallelujah. We are the children of God. Hallelujah. And our God is the one true God. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the truth. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And we were brought forth by the word of truth. Hallelujah. We are the offspring of God. Hallelujah. I want us to just bask in this reality of this connection with God. Amen. We are connected to you, Heavenly Father. We are connected to you, Heavenly Father. We are connected to you, Lord Jesus. We are connected to you, Lord Jesus. We are connected to you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we are connected to you. We are connected to you, Lord Jesus. We are connected. I want us to acknowledge our connection with the Lord. I want us to acknowledge his indwelling. Lord, you are wooing us. You are saving us. Our Lord is saving us. Hallelujah. Our Lord is... Hallelujah. Our Lord is redeeming us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, someone is wondering, why didn't I say our Lord has saved us? Why didn't I say the Lord has delivered us? Why, why aren't you saying the Lord has redeemed us? Hallelujah. Whenever you see um, all of these things that are done in Christ in the present tense, you're looking at the invasion of that finished work of Jesus Christ into the soul, where the work that Christ has done begins to encroach into this present age where you're seeing the future invade this place hallelujah we are children of the future hallelujah we are of the age to come hallelujah we are entities of the new age of the new world hallelujah of the new heavens of the new earth hallelujah we are not of this present age we are not of this order we are not of this present we are not of this fallen world of this fallen system we are of the age to come we are new creation realities. Hallelujah. We are the reality of the new creation. We are the ones that actually new 
creation, from our, from our bellies. Hallelujah. It is from our bellies, from the spoken word, hallelujah, that we bring forth, hallelujah, the new age. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Entities of the new world. Hallelujah. And so what happens that we are future people. Hallelujah. But even we ourselves who are from the future, hallelujah, we find it so difficult to lay hold on this truth. Hallelujah. We lay hold on who we are. Uh, that, 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 that journey of laying hold on who we are in Christ Jesus is called the fight of faith. Hallelujah. Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life unto which you are called. Hallelujah. Our life, hallelujah, the future life, amen. It's called the future because in, a, in the near future, it is going to be ubiquitous. The Bible says the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Hallelujah. So we are laying hold on the future, not as in the future, as in something that we're, we're, we're going towards, amen. We are carriers of the future. But because, hallelujah, we are so used to living in this present age, in this present world, hallelujah, we have this tendency, hallelujah, to, to live as though the future is not here. Hallelujah. But the life of God is resident inside of us. Hallelujah. Almighty God is resident inside of us. The future life is resident inside of us. The future, hallelujah, the new creation, hallelujah, the new heavens, the new earth, they are resident inside of us. Hallelujah. And so the warfare now is to lay hold on this reality so that it is no longer a thing of the future, but we force the encroachment of the future on the present. Hallelujah. There is, a, there is an overlap. Hallelujah. There is an overlap. There's this place that we get to stand in, in the, right in the middle of the future invading the present. Hallelujah. And we are the agencies, hallelujah, through which these realities will collide. Hallelujah. We are the melting pot. Hallelujah. We are the ones um, that, that bring this present age to an end. We are the channels. Hallelujah. We are the train station. We are the UPS, the, the mail service. Hallelujah. The DHL, the FedEx. We are the ones that bring the new age into the present. Hallelujah. We are the channels. We are the tube. We are the boat. We are the Uber. We are the, we are the vehicles. Hallelujah. Of the future. And what we are bringing to this world is our life, our instinctive life. Hallelujah. It might even be difficult for us to comprehend in and of itself. Hallelujah. But God has provided every tool necessary to make sure that our minds, even though we are so used to this present age, even though we are almost married to this present age, God has brought forth new marriage certificates. Hallelujah. God has brought forth the death certificate of the old man. Hallelujah. God has brought forth the, the, the title deed, hallelujah, of the ages to come, hallelujah, and he wants to show us that son, look up and see, I am your dad, this is your new life, this is who you are, this is what I am doing, and this is what you are not, let go of this present age, let go of that which is dead and fading away and gone, and embrace the reality that is in you in Christ Jesus, like Paul said, lay hold on eternal life, hallelujah, so we're fighting this war of faith, in laying hold, that firm grip on what God has said, irrespective of what the present is trying to say. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you watch a soccer match and you already know the outcome, there is a way you watch it. You know, um, there's this um, sport. It's called wrestling. Hallelujah. Who's ever seen um, all those WWF wrestlers? 
that you, you can almost tell how it's going to end, right? You see them, there's the underdog. He's not as muscular as the other guy. Then the other guy is not a big bully. Hallelujah. And you see in the beginning, the big guy is beating the small guy. And all, everyone is just like, oh, no, the big guy, we like him. Then all of a sudden, right before he's about to finish the good, the good guy, he was just like, they're counting down. You know when you put their hand on, on, on your chest? You're not start counting. One, two. Right before they count three, the good guy raises his hand. Everyone say, oh! You see the, the commentator. Oh, my goodness, what's happening? What's happening? He now does one move. Hey! He hits the, the bad guy. And the big guy, with all his muscles, will now be dazed for like 10 seconds. While he's being dazed, the good guy will now get up and say, no, I can't win this. <laughs> And somehow, by some magic of the script writer, hallelujah, you see the small, tiny underdog overthrow the big guy. And everyone will now be shouting, yay, as though they didn't see it coming. They do this every Saturday. <laughs> and we call it Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Because you know the end, you, you know that your favorite guy is going to win, right? If you see Undertaker and some other people, but if you see this guy, John Cena, or you see um, Hulk Hogan, it doesn't matter if the guys, very, the other guys, very, very bad. No one knows these guys. All of you were born again back then, right? <laughs> Big show. There you go. Triple H, all them people, okay? If you see Hulk Hogan fighting, you know he's going to win, right? So even if they are beating him now, there's a way you're saying, oh, no. It's just that there's a way it was, life was back then. I don't know why we couldn't see how obvious they were playing us every single week. Hallelujah. But let's say you have insight into what's going to happen. How would you watch your life? Who knows what I'm saying? There's a way you look at your life, right? This is, the, this is the perspective we're meant to look at our lives. Hallelujah. So I want us to look inwards, amen, and see the script of Almighty God. Victory has been predetermined according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. It has been predetermined. I'm talking about victory over your weaknesses. Hallelujah. I remember this is, a, this is a major plot point for me. All throughout my life, whenever I face issues, I would always tell myself, you know you're going to look like Jesus. So this thing is just another part of your story. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's a song by Stephanie Gretzinger. Um, um, all that we've, as we run, all that we've had to overcome is only part of the story. The truth is that where we're going to is Jesus Christ. So all the different issues, all the weaknesses, all the, all the temptations, all the addictions, all the, all the pinnacles of faith that you've had to grow into and, and all, the, all the phases of transformation, hallelujah, they are only a part of the story. En route to our, 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 the climax of our, of our manifestation as sons of God. The climax of our, our manifestation, hallelujah, as the entities of the new creation. Our manifestation as the first fruits of God. Our manifestation as the offspring of God. Our manifestation, hallelujah, as the new man. When you see our newness, it can be seen tangibly. Hallelujah. It is being communicated expressly. Someone looks at us and they can tell this person is new. They can look, they can, they can watch us act and they see something is different about you. You're coming from the future. A completely different civilization, a completely different way of life, completely new affections, completely new hopes and dreams, all because, hallelujah, of this life that is on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We say thank you, Lord. We embrace the perspective. Hallelujah. We embrace, Lord Jesus. We lay hold. We lay hold on this, these realities, Lord Jesus. We lay hold. We lay hold. Even as by your spirit, even through your word, we lay hold, Lord Jesus. We lay hold, Lord Jesus. And we let go. Hallelujah. We let go of the present in the name of Jesus. We let go of the present in the name of Jesus. 
We let go of the prayer. In fact, the Bible calls it the old man, right? That speaks of the past. We let go of the past in the name of Jesus because Jesus Christ has already abolished death, right? And he has already brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Hallelujah. So the present is I am. Hallelujah. The present is I am. And the, the old man is I was. Hallelujah. I once was lost, but now I am free. Now I am found. Hallelujah. Now faith is hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus we acknowledge lord jesus what you have done we acknowledge what you are doing we acknowledge where we are going in the name of jesus thank you jesus where are we going to that place where we have fully laid hold on these realities where the, our souls grip is so firm hallelujah in the face of contradictions we are standing strong, hallelujah. In the face, hallelujah, of offenses. In the face, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, of, of doubt and unbelief. And contrary winds, Lord God, we are standing strong, hallelujah. In the face of persecution, Lord Jesus, we are Lord God, to this, to this reality, Holy Spirit. In the face, Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the face of the legitimate cares of this life, our grip on who you are, on this reality, Lord Jesus. This grip is firm. Thank you, Jesus. Rooted, established, grounded, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are not of this present age. We are of your world. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's strange when we do some of these things until you start thinking to yourself, this is what a Christian ought to do. Hallelujah. You think to yourself, how can someone do this kind of thing? And this and this and this. But when you say to yourself, this is what every believer ought to do. It changes the narrative. Hallelujah. There was a thought process that would hit my head um, during different seasons of my life. I would look at Christians in China and look at what they're doing. Amen. I'll hear some testimonies. I'll be wondering, why am I in, in Nigeria or wherever I was at the time? Hallelujah. And the Lord would tell me the same life that is in these people is inside of you. Hallelujah. And so in other words, you, child of God, have to bring forth, have to manifest, hallelujah, what is inside of you. Hallelujah. And so we thank you, Heavenly Father. You have installed greatness inside of us. Hallelujah. Irrespective of our environment. Hallelujah. You knew beforehand. You knew beforehand. You knew beforehand the contradictions. You knew beforehand, Lord Jesus, the oppositions, the contrary winds, the persecutions, Lord God, the legitimate cares of this life, the things that seek to choke and force out and dry up your life on the inside. You knew beforehand, and yet with confidence, you planted yourself inside of us. Hallelujah. You are a wise God. You're not a foolish God. So you knew the decisions you made when you picked us. Hallelujah. When you chose us, we're called the elect according to the scripture. Scriptures. In other words, there was, a, there was an election process, and by majority vote, hallelujah, we were what? Elected, chosen by Almighty God. So our Heavenly Father, you looked out, and you, you went through musings in your heart, in your soul, and there was an, an abundance, hallelujah. There was a clear victory in your heart that Francis will live my life, that Francis will manifest Jesus on the earth, that Francis will look exactly like me. Hallelujah. And so you planted your life inside. Not a baby form of your life, just in case I fail. Hallelujah. But the fullness of your life, your eternal life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
you know, when we say things like um, baby Christ, hallelujah, or baby life of God, we think that God is in time. Amen? How many of that God is outside of time? Hallelujah. God doesn't even measure things with time. Amen? So when we're saying that we're growing in Christ, it is our soul's awareness of who we are that is growing. Not that the life of God in you is growing. The life of God in you cannot grow. Amen? It's not possible. Why? God is not limited by time. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is the grip, right? The understanding, right? The, the, the awareness of these truths that is growing. There is no baby life in you. Like I heard someone say that to you. Your spirit man is growing. Your spirit man is not growing anywhere. Hallelujah. There is no growth in your spirit, man. It's not possible if you think about it critically. Amen? It's not growing anything. That is not true. The life of God inside of us is the fullness of God's life. I said, I hear this joint to the Lord is one spirit with him. There is no baby God anywhere. Amen? If there's a baby God, that baby God was from before the foundations of the world. Hallelujah. Before there were, <laughs> there were babies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, Heavenly Father, we acknowledge the fullness of your life inside. The giants, that is the life of God inside. In the face of every opposition, in the face of every contradiction, every contrary wind, every persecution. Lord, every, every, every offense, Lord Jesus, every trial, Lord God, everything that seeks to, to choke out, hallelujah, these realities, we present Yahweh, hallelujah, that is alive inside of us. We present your life, hallelujah. We present Jesus. The victorious one. We present Jesus. We present your love. Hallelujah. We present your love. Hallelujah. We present the love of God. Hallelujah. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us with all of his wisdom. He died for us with all of his faith, with all of his love in his heart. Hallelujah. He made a wise decision propelled, driven by love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for believing, trusting me with your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's life in us cannot fail. Hallelujah. We just have to allow God's life to run its course. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We will not make the power of God of no effect in our lives. Hallelujah. We're not of those that draw back to perdition, but we are of those that believe unto the salvation of the soul. Hallelujah. Unto when salvation consumes us. Hallelujah. Where there is no trace of the old man any longer. Hallelujah. Where we have no memory of the old man. Yes, the memories of the old man are no longer convicting us. Hallelujah. But they are a far cry away. They are a distant memory of someone that used to exist, but no longer is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Morning, morning, um, my uh, d judge. What is that debate team? What was the roster? My diverse panel of, panel of judges, co-debaters, co accurate timekeeper. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I was looking for that roster. I was like, there's one that always rings off the tongue. Accurate timekeeper. <laughs> and there's another one, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's the last one at the end, right? And distinguished ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Welcome to Yahweh to face. Hallelujah. The tree of life is our theme. Hallelujah. Quick run through. Hallelujah. This season um, in January is called the Feast of Trees. In Hebrew, it's called Tub Shavat. Hallelujah. In the Hebrew culture, trees 
are a very, very powerful theme. Can someone turn on the air conditioner? Hallelujah. So that we can, we can breathe. Hallelujah. In this um, wonderful forest that we have here. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, this, um, this theme is something that you're going to see from the very beginning of the scriptures, right? And it runs all the way to the end. Hallelujah. And trees are a beautiful picture, amen, of so many spiritual things. Hallelujah. That's why you're going to see a lot of spiritual people, they like trees a lot, amen? You see God likes trees a lot according to the scriptures, right? You also see that witches, they like what? <laughs> they also like trees as well. Hallelujah. All of them for different purposes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to see that the, just a quick pictures of why trees are so important, amen? Um, trees um, are a very simple um, picture of things like uh, um, well, seed time and harvest time, right? Reproducing a life. You can easily reproduce life in trees, right? It happens or organically and almost automatically, right? You see things like pollination at play, amen? The reproductive systems um, ca captured in trees is a very beautiful process, and it's a very almost like clean and efficient way of demonstrating so many of these themes, amen? Another picture that trees give us is how they draw lights from the sun, right? Hallelujah. And they produce energy, right? So you'd see them taking life from the sun and just keep on producing energy, right? Um, not producing energy, but like um, growing from the life from the sun, right? As a picture of us as believers, right? The Bible says we look to him and we are radiant, right? We beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are what? Transformed to the same image from glory to glory. So their transformation process is greatly accelerated, hallelujah, by what? They're beholding the sun, hallelujah. Other themes that are really powerful. You see some trees, they take in carbon dioxide and they bring forth what? Oxygen, right? That speaks of um, how we as new creation entities will take in death, right? Hallelujah. And bring forth life, right? The breath of life. So out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water, if you believe. And the easiest places of seeing faith at work is in contrary positions. So all around you is carbon dioxide. Plant a seed there. What's going to happen? You see that plant will convert that entire environment into what? One that is habitable, right? One that you can breathe in easily. So you see a place that is filled with trees, you find it's clean, it is pure, right? So they're cleansing, they're purifying, they're life-giving agents. Hallelujah. They also provide food for the rest of the ecosystem, right? The food chain and everything, you see at the very bottom of the food chain. Hallelujah. But at the same time, they also draw food from the strongest or the highest points in the food chain. Speaking of when animals collapse and die, they take those nutrients and they bring forth life as well. Hallelujah. Something else that's even more, you're going to see this even more so with scripture, just like um, the reproductive system I described earlier on, is the fact that trees offer shade. Hallelujah. This is actually a very important thing in, in, in the scriptures because um, this is the most natural form of shade besides caves that you can find, right? When people are looking for a place, when the heat, when the heat of the sun is, is at, its, at its highest, the best place to find shade is actually at a tree, not even a cave. The reason why is because of that CO2 generation process, that um, oxygen generation process, right? You find fresh air is coming out from the leaves, and then the sun is heating you. So you're finding almost like a little bit of an air conditioner found here. So you can have harsh conditions outside, but underneath the shade of a tree, you're finding what's rejuvenation and life, right? That's why if you think of an oasis, when you think of an oasis, what do you think of? In a hot desert, you think of what? A tree, right? By a lake, right? That's literally what you're thinking of. Rivers, most likely. Lake, maybe not so much, because lakes can be, they can just die. But a tree by a river, that is the picture of an oasis. That is what? <sighs> That's literally what it means. You just say sigh of relief. That's what these things represent. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You also see, because of that principle, you will see that other animals like to what? Frolic around trees. You see there's a symbiotic relationship. Maybe not symbiotic, but there is this... Um, 
what's the other word for symb uh, not symbiotic? Symbiotic means one person is taking from the other, but the other one isn't given. You can say symbiotic though, because the tree is giving a lot of itself. You see plants, birds will come and lay their nests where? In tree branches, right? You would see animals. You see panthers, leopards, lions, they will all flourish where? Around trees. You see giraffes, different animals. Everyone gets the idea, right? <laughs> you see that these things, they drive a lot. They're the, they're the primary basis of the ecosystems, right? Of this world, the biotic ecosystem of this world. Hallelujah. So Feast of Trees, um, there's all kinds of rituals that go take place in Jewish culture. I think one of them, are you're supposed, to, you're supposed to plant trees. You're not supposed to cut down trees that period of time. You're only meant to plant trees. Um, but we can get to all of that later on. But I wanted to make sure that everyone knows that um, this season is a season of two Shabbat. Amen? And um, um, there's so many other things, man. Um, books come from trees, right? Paper comes from trees. Books come from trees as well. Sticks, staffs, wood. Amen? There's so many things that... It really is a huge driver. So before we get into some social studies or <laughs> biology class, let's let's change gears. Hallelujah. And go on to what I believe is a theme that we're going to want to look at for this conference. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want to start by sharing a vision I had in 2017. Hallelujah. In 2017, there was a hurricane that hit um, America. I was in Texas at the time. And it hit the Houston city. And when this thing hit, there were all these questions about different things like the end of the ages. Slow down. Hallelujah. The, the end of the ages. Hallelujah. <laughs> like the end of the ages and rapture and things like that. Hallelujah. And, um, one, and this came because many prophecies that many prophets had given were being fulfilled. Saudi prophesied about a hurricane coming to Houston. And, you know, there's a way these prophets, when they say things, you know, it seems... Uh, until when they've had like four or five in a row, that when they talk, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. Um, at that period of time, a prof, um, there was a prophetic, a few prophetic things that were happening. One of them was that we had two major eclipses. The other one is happening this year, by the way, just a quick heads up. The first one started in 2017, the other one is happening this year. So the two, um, the two um, it was an eclipse, solar eclipse that was meant to happen in America at the city of Salem. And what was going to happen is that um, that solar eclipse will start um, at a specific point in America, and then flow through America up until another point, and then leave. What I mean is that that place where the sun and the moon, like, they um, collide, they um, align. Sorry, okay. The that tra that straight line um, from the sun to the moon to the earth is going to trail the earth from one city called Salem to another called city called Salem. That happened in 2017. That was a huge. I mean, anyone that is in anything prophetic, you're like, hey, God, what are you saying? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And that happened in 2017. So questions about the end of the age were really flowing all over the air. 2017 was a highly, if you're in the prophetic, I mean, 2017 was your year. Numbers. That's when Donald Trump got elected, I think. Um, and my goodness, the numbers were everywhere. Donald Trump was, I think he was, how old was he? That was, he was, I can't remember how old he was, but it was his 70th something of seven. There was just like five or six different sevens. And when you put all the sevens together, you're just like, Jesus Christ, what, what is happening this year? We had the eclipses as well. I remember going on the NASA website to look up information about the eclipse. And look at what NASA, I love what NASA said. There is no correlation between eclipses and natural disasters. Any such correlation is purely fictional and cannot be proven scientifically. That was right before the hurricane hit. <laughs> so I read that and I showed all my friends. Isn't this funny? And I literally, I remember that day, I showed it to all of my friends. We were all were, were in... Um, we're in Houston. We're going to go on a road trip to, um, to um, what was the city called? The Valley, to the Valley in, in Texas. 
and we're all together right before we left we saw the hurricane we didn't go outside because you have to wear special glasses to look at the eclipse otherwise you hurt your eyes because on the outer rim of the eclipse there's this some um, radiation that's not healthy for the average human being so what happened was that um, we were watching it inside and we were you know people that had good cameras were capturing the images and after we went on the trip, you know, I remember reading that article by NASA, and I was like, hey, everyone, look at this. It's so funny. What, would it be really funny if something like a hurricane was to happen? I said it jokingly. I can't remember if I said hurricane or something kind of close was going to happen. But I remember Saudi prophesied about the hurricane. So we finished on the road trip, and we're coming back. As soon as I got back to Houston, I noticed that people were lining up at the gas station. You know how we have lines in Nigeria right now, in Lagos right now for fuel? It was like that in Houston, and that's not usual. So I was wondering, uh, what's happening? I went to the store to go buy food. I noticed that all of the aisles were empty, except for the healthy food aisle. See, human beings, when the end of the world is coming, <laughs> we will not eat healthy. We will we'll buy junk food. Kit Kats, nowhere to be found. But <laughs> lettuce and grains. <laughs> you see them in abundant supply. So me, I went, I packed my healthy food, and I left. Hallelujah. See? Healthy food. So I, um, I went, got back home, and then the hurricane happened, and it was serious, all kinds of damage in the billions of dollars, et cetera, et cetera. After everything happened, my sisters came to meet me in America, and they were asking me some funny, fun, fun questions. And so asking me all these questions, I began to, I myself began to ask the Lord a few questions. I was in Walmart at the time, buying a few items that were necessary, like important grocery items, and I asked the Lord, Lord, what is going to happen? What is going to cause the end of the age? And if who's ever heard me talk about how God's throne is not a chair? Anyone ever heard me say that before? Amen. It was because of that vision I got that understanding. The Lord showed me the throne of God as a door. Amen. Whoever, is sit, whoever walks through that door and enters inside will be seen to those on the outside as sitting on the throne. Does that make sense? How many of you know that um, many of the ways that we describe the he um, heaven in the scriptures are merely prophetic? When I say merely prophetic, what I mean is that they are symbolic. They are not literal. Now, when I say they are symbolic and not literal, I do not mean that when you have a prophetic experience like that, it's not real to you. Amen? Because symbolic, the symbolic nature of things in the scriptures can be experienced. What I mean by that is that God can appear to you as a giant bird, right? And when he does that and he gives you a hug, you, you feel his feathers. I remember once I had an encounter with Jesus as a lion and his whiskers were, were touching my face. Is Jesus a cat? <laughs> Hallelujah. The answer is no, right? But I had that experience. Does that make sense? I've had experiences before of things like gold dust or feathers, physically tangible, manifest. When I say manifest, physically there. And, you know, someone would ask a question that um, this thing, um, what do you mean feathers? That where, where is feathers in the Bible? Or, or, sorry, feathers speak of molting. And I'm like, it's not about, that's not what they're talking about there. There, there is a prophetic picture or symbolism of something. Feathers speak of wings. For flight, right? And what's our feathers? What's our wings made of? Feathers. So basically, the tools that you need for ascension, they are in this room right now. That's what they're trying to say. Does that make sense? Now, it doesn't mean that if I go and take many feathers and I start flapping, I'm going to go to heaven. That's not what they're saying, right? It means the words that will be told to me, right? The visions that will come, the presence of God that's there, is meant to what? Cause my ascension. And the ascension is not for me to go upwards. I'll start levitating. I have ascended. That's not what that means. Amen. Even that is a prophetic picture. Amen. When Jesus Christ, I love something that um, the, there's this movie called Risen. When Jesus Christ um, left the earth, they didn't show him flying up. They showed him going straight. Does that make sense? And that was how he entered heaven. Can I tell you something? If we think that heaven is up, as in physically up like this, then where is hell? It's down, right? 
So people that are in Russia or in China, you know you're pointing at that when you're saying down. How many of you know that? Because this planet is round. It's a globe. So our physical coordinates are not efficient tools for measuring or pointing out spiritual locations. Does that make sense? When we say heaven is above, it is not above up. There is no up. Hallelujah. The upness of... Hallelujah. Let me explain a principle that I might think would help. I am so sorry. I'm supposed to explain a vision I had, but let me just go through this. Amen? When you say that heaven is up, it is up because of scope. And I explain what that means. If I want to see everything happening in this room, hallelujah, naturally, I would look at what's happening here, right? If I want to see more of this room, what would I do? I would either slowly walk around this room or to be able to see everything in the room at a glance, what would I do? I would take a step back. Does that make sense? So if I want to see everything in this room, a preferred vantage point for see more of this room is higher up. The higher up I go, the more clear, nothing is obstructing my view. So the height of heaven speaks of what? A place for government. Does that make sense? To control things that are happening down here. It speaks of scope. When you see from God's perspective, you are seeing clearly and the, the context is more robust if that makes sense it's more complete it's not um it's not finite context for example when you're judging a case right in a, in a in a in um in a law court you're not going to have just uh, one person's story is he guilty he is why I, I don't like this guy you're going to prison no they're going to bring context right establish the truth of what happened, right? Bring all the parameters, the witnesses, right? The evidence, right? By the time you bring all those things together and the jury that is not biased, so you can get what? A clear picture of everything. A verdict can be achieved based on all the provided evidence. The more evidence you have, the easier it is to arrive or achieve what? Your verdict, right? Does that make sense? And give an accurate court sentence according to the law. Is anything I'm saying confusing? Everything I'm saying makes sense, right? So you need more context to make what? To give proper judgment. That is what heaven affords us. Does that make sense? Now, that is the upness of heaven. The downness of hell, hallelujah, is the opposite of that. Does that make sense? Where instead of you seeing correctly, you are seeing incorrectly, upside down. Hallelujah. You can't, the deeper into hell you go, the more scope also you can see. Does that make sense? That's why you see, Jesus Christ would say, heaven above, hell beneath. You can, I know people have, there's all these stories of people digging into the core of the, into the doing oil rigs and stuff and they could hear people shouting or whatever. That is probably a prophetic experience or the physical human beings that were buried there. How I many you know that there's different rituals that people do where they throw people into the earth or there's, there's um, I think Babalola had a, there's a specific um, mission trip Babalola went on and then when he went on that trip, when he finished with that trip, people got born again and saved. He told them to drain a river. When they drained that river, they discovered that they were, it was filled with giant fishes. From the waist of the fishes up was fish. From the waist down were human feet and legs. That's the opposite of a mermaid, right? Or merman. So I'm not, I'm not um, nullifying those visions or encounters that people had. I'm just saying that. There's many other factors that could have been responsible for those things. Does that make sense? The core of the earth, what is called the belly of the earth in scripture, is not a physical coordinate. Does that make sense? Everyone understand? Hallelujah. The belly of the earth is not, <laughs> hallelujah. It means this, the what is driving, according to scriptures, welcome, mama. Welcome, Jesus. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. What is driving this planet is the belly of the earth. Does that make sense? So, or the core. When the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, it's out of your core. The core of you. Now, the core here, not meaning your spirit, man. The core here, meaning your heart. Right? Hallelujah. So, that core, that belly, that epicenter there, hallelujah, of the earth is what is driving the earth right now. Right now, what's driving the earth is hell. That is the truth. Does everyone understand? What God wants to do is that God wants to change that. Hallelujah. So, pulling back, <laughs> hallelujah. God have mercy, amen. Pulling back, we can now understand what I'm saying when I say things like have, um, God's throne is not a chair. Is everyone, is everyone on board with that? God's throne is what? Not a chair. You see um, Exodus chapter 24, God's throne is seen as a platform that God stands on. Hallelujah. You see other points in scriptures where God refers to the tabernacle as his throne or the Ark of the Covenant as his throne. Hallelujah. I can assure you something. If Jesus Christ appears to you in front of you right there and then, that does not nullify his seated position. Does that make sense? So you can see him. You hold his hand. You touch him. That does not mean he's not seated in the heavenlies. He's being seated in the heavenlies. is not that he has a chair that his buttocks are on, right? It is an estate of being that he came into. Does that make sense? So I'm saying all these things so that we can understand what the Bible is saying, given the context provided with scriptures, and then use that and do our world building from there. Hallelujah. And I'm saying this because as we approach the end of the ages, and I mean the climax at the epic, the final climax itself or whatever, you're going to discover that there's going to be an unearthing of dark spiritual realities. Amen. And if we don't have the truth, amen. Sorry? They started. Yes. They are bringing in, I'm not going to lie to you. I mentioned this during Melchizedek School last week about, um, I'm doing this AI thing or whatever, and I discovered that people are unearthing West African demonology. And they're taking advantage. What I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. When I, see, when I saw the metaverse, when I saw AI art, what came to my mind was, ah, let's ask all the visions that we've been having. Let's us bring them into the world. Let people see these visions. Let's, let the spiritual realm, according to Jesus Christ, according to the scriptures, let it be visible quickly. Why? You don't know what child. They see that vision and it unlocks something inside of them. And they begin to bring their apostles, prophets. All they need is one, if some kind of understanding of the scripture. And that's it. Who gets what I'm saying? So provide those resources in abundance so that someone can see something and make progress. There's many people that, let me explain something. I look at myself. I look at the progress I made in the Lord. And I trace it to some people being faithful with the things of God that were given to them. And they were communicated to me effectively. Does that make sense? If I do the same for many more people, what's going to happen? I'm going to see efficiency, right, in bringing forth the counsel of God uniquely with each person's call, context of each person's calling and giftings. Does that make sense? If you check this world at the same time, you're going to see them doing the same thing. You see a young person. Why do you want to be a fireman? Because I saw something on TV. Because I, I, there's a song we sing. Some kind of creativity, a skillfulness or mastery in some kind of, does that make sense? I feel like we need to do the same thing for God so that people can see Elijah and want to be like Elijah. We can see Moses and want to be like Moses. We, we, you're not going to do that by just saying Moses parted the Red Sea alone. That has, there's some people that it's going to touch, right? That story might be enough for some people. Different people have different kinds of souls. So my point is just being that, my point of just saying this is that dark demonology is invading the earth right now. If you watch the Thor movies and they show you Asgard, you might think it's a real place. Does that make sense? But that thing is what? 
computer generated. But my, my, it's like it's a demonic reality that your heart is accepting as real because you're seeing a visual reference there. Please, oh, how many Thor is a real demonic entity? This man, Passionation, that came here, one of the rings that he had, one of them was Odin. That's Thor's dad. And they're showing you in CGI, the guy's home, they're showing you what he looks like. And Pastor Nature, I came to the immersion, yes. When that girl, that small girl, laid hand, prayed for him, and she laid hands on him, the rings that fell off, one of them was Odin. My roommate, Charlie, his brother, he's um, the, the racist one. <laughs> he, um, hopefully, hey, I love both of you. <laughs> You're online right now. Hallelujah. Anyway, whatever. His brother um, is in a cult, and one of the cults he's in is Odin's, is, um, Odin's cult. And they believe they worship Odin. When I first heard that, I was laughing. I was like, ha, ha, guy's worshiping a, a Marvel character, a comic book character. Not doing that, there's actually a cult of this guy. And they have spiritual power. And it's not a joke. <laughs> Hallelujah. So um, if we don't unearth the rea these realities, we're going to leave the world, amen, to unearth their realities and they're going to swallow things up, amen? According to the scriptures, that is not the end of things, right? The Bible says the knowledge of the glory of God shall what? Cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So what should be happening as we as believers? We should be discovering realms in God and what? Building them on the earth. In the lives of people, obviously. <laughs> There's no point in doing art pieces and people are dying, right? So you're preaching the gospel, you're reaching the lost, right? Now what you're now doing is that you're also equipping them using every form of immersion possible. That's what um, baptizing them means, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. With all skill, Paul said in Colossians 1, that according to the might of God that works in me mightily, I strive to present every man perfect in Christ using every skill that is at my disposal. So what are you doing? You're using... Whatever tools you have, if you're, a, if you're a good liar, stop lying and start telling the truth, right? With that skill, you know the way you can lie artfully and you're generating lies faster than ChatGPT, amen? What should you be doing? <laughs> you should be using, spending time in God's word and bringing forth the counsel of God, right? Also faster than ChatGPT. Hallelujah. So we don't know what ChatGPT is. Hallelujah. So moving on to that vision I had. <laughs> what time have I spent in my preamble? I saw God's throne as a door. Hallelujah. And the Lord, um, I was asking the Lord, how will this age end? Now he took me behind through the door and I went into a realm that was very difficult to describe. I had like several experiences um, that period of time on this. One of them was in early 2017. No, in 2017 after this encounter. So what happened was I went behind the door. When I went behind the door, I saw a giant tree. Hallelujah. And the Lord told me that this is the tree of life. Hallelujah. Now, when the Lord showed me the tree of life, the next thing, the next thing that, um, hallelujah, the next thing that um, I saw was that the Lord um, showed me a visual of what needed to happen. Hallelujah. And what needed to happen was that he showed me the tree of life leaving behind the throne and coming to the other end. Does that make sense? So basically, what ended this age, right, was this tree that was here successfully migrating through that gate through that door of the throne of God and coming where? On the other side. As soon as the tree manifested on the other side, I saw it come out. What was happening as the tree was coming out, it was coming out branch by branch. So I saw like the tree, okay, the leaves came out first, then the branches. Now as the branches came out, lightning, I just saw lightnings and thunders and things were, were shooting out from that as that thing was emerging, like there was chaos in this on the other side of the throne. Now as more of it kept on coming out, the world started peeling. 
I just saw the world peeling. Like a thunderstorm that was very violent and things were peeling. As things were peeling off, I saw the new age coming, like manifesting. And as soon as the entire tree was on this other side, the entire world was brand new. Does that make sense? So basically, the Lord was telling me that, do you want this age to end? Successfully manifest my life on this side of creation. Does that make sense? When the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, it's actually behind the throne. Is everyone listening? We're not, we're not, um, Bible says far above all principalities, powers, far above all cherubim. You know, in your mind, when you think about the living creatures and where they are, you can think in your mind that this is God's throne, then the living creatures are like here. Then the 24 elders are like maybe a few more feet back and everyone is shouting, holy, holy, holy. A man of God had an experience where, this is a prophetic experience, so don't take this literal as well, but he and when he arrived in heaven, he saw in the horizon this giant light. Boom, 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 boom. Amen? And it was pulsating with each pulse, waves of God's glory were just hitting like um, this entire, like this municipal, like a, a metropolis, like a city. Not made of buildings, but made of like creatures. And as it hits every one of them, they all responded in different ways. But that wave was traveling and it hit him. And when it hit him, he went on his knees, bowing down. And there was this strong desire to go towards that horizon. He kept on creeping and creeping, crawling the best he could to get closer. Now, he said that when he got past the living creatures, he saw that there was this expanse of seeming endlessness before he could get to that horizon. So in your mind, when you're seeing the throne of God, just understand that all those things you're seeing in the book of Revelation, they are what? Prophetic. Not literal. The gap between Jesus Christ and the angels, the Bible says that he is made so much better than the angels. So if you want to visually show that in that prophetic encounter, what God trying to show him? That who Christ is. So it's not, because the Bible says he made a little lower than the angels. We think in our minds that, okay, we made a little lower than the angels, they made a little better than the angels, and now he's God. No, 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 no. The gap between angels and God, that gulf, no one can cross, <laughs> no one can cross it. The Bible says no one can approach. Hallelujah. That is where we are. <laughs> <laughs> is everyone listening? We are not where the cherubim are. Amen? No, no, no. They form that environment. Hallelujah. And because you are awakening to that place, your soul has to travel that trajectory. Does that make sense? The reason for these creatures being there is because we want to successfully journey in consciousness, in awareness, right? In wisdom. If you want to teach a child wisdom, amen, the, child, the, child, the wisdom a child can use, so the child, the child can speak English, you don't start with, like Melchizedek or Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> what do you start with? Mama, Papa. You start basic, right? And you break things down. Now, the pronunciation, those things are just tools that you form big words. And it's not about speaking the words per se. It's about communicating thoughts, right? The end goal is that this child instinctively speaks volumes. After a while, the child can look at you and what? They have downloaded something to you. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say here is that that's the purpose of all of these creatures. It says that the heir, as long as he's a child, is not different from a servant, but he's put under tutors and governors, right? Onto the time appointed by the father. So these people are going to function as tutors and governors so they can teach us who God is, not because they're ahead of us per se. Does that make sense? But on that trajectory of becoming like Jesus Christ, we must thoroughly we must be able to govern them appropriately. And you're not going to get God's wisdom bah, in your head like that. No, that's not how the soul works. The soul has to learn. 
And learning means rudiments. Things must be broken down. There must be digestion, right? You would take the truth of God's word, chew it, and then chew it to bits and pieces. Then saliva does its work. Then it goes into your belly. In your belly, what happens? Enzymes, right? Gastrointestinal fluids, they begin to attack that thing you chewed and you mix with saliva to break it down even more. It must be broken down into molecules. Then as molecules, what now happens? It's absorbed into your bloodstream. The same thing with the realms of God. The realms of God must be what? Digested. They must be broken down thoroughly. For this reason, the agencies for God's digestion are these creatures. Does that make sense? They are meant to help you comprehend God. Now, it's not like they themselves comprehend God the way we comprehend God. Amen? But they have tools that unlock that functionality inside of us. Does that make sense? A good way of thinking about it is, let's go to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Sorry, Revelation chapter 5. Let's start from verse... Revelations 5, let's start from verse 8. Revelations 5 from verse 8. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down, elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are what? The prayers of the saints. That is a clue to what's about to happen now. It then says this, they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal for you were slain and you have what? Redeemed us to God by your blood. Keep on reading. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us what? Kings and priests to our God and we shall reign where? On the earth. When you read that, if you're not careful, you might think that the cherubim are singing that God redeemed them by his blood. The answer to that is obviously no. Amen. They are carrying something called what? The prayers of the saints. Now, that, those, the intercession of the saints, that is what they are singing. Does that make sense? Later on, they are going to successfully process the prayer of the saints by delivering that thing to the saints. Does that make sense? Now, they themselves cannot, if you check, they said, they said go, back, go back to the previous page, go back to the previous page. It says here, they sang, okay, in the King James, it says they sang as it were a new song. Hallelujah. Give me Revelations chapter 14. Revelations chapter 14. All throughout the book of Revelation, you're going to see that after this ceremony takes place, when Jesus Christ takes the scroll and he breaks the seals, right? From that point onwards, you see all the living creatures. They begin to focus intently on people we can refer to now as the man-child company. Amen. And they begin to administer the contents of the scroll directly to them. Now, as they administer the contents of the scroll directly to them, it is, that administration process is shown using different words. You see some angels, they'll say, oh, come and see. Sometimes they'll ask you a question, what is this thing? Sometimes they'll tell you what that thing they asked you, the answer to that question. All of those things, that, all those interactions are to bring about what? The answer to the prayers of the saints. Does that make sense? All of those interactions, they're meant to assist you. Bible said, I did not ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are salvation, right? So they're meant to help us come into what we are. Does that make sense? So Revelation 14, aha, uh -huh. there we go, verse two. This is now 
the Manchow company, right? I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. Hallelujah. 144 is the name of, of Almighty God, right? I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters, like the voice of loud thunder. Hallelujah. And I heard what? The sound of harpists playing their harps. In the previous, in Revelations 4, 5, you saw the cherubim and the elders carrying the harps. Now you're seeing children of God carrying the harps. What's happened? What the cherubim were carrying has been given to the people. It's not like they literally took something from their soul and gave it to us. No, no, no. They help us unlock functionality inside of us. Does that make sense? They have keys to chambers inside of us. Now, let's say you have a, a chamber inside of you, and in that chamber is food. Okay? And you are hungry. Then someone has the key to that chamber. If, you know when people are fasting, there's a way everything looks to them. They see their phone, it looks like a hamburger. They see their laptop, it looks like pizza, right? Uh-huh. When you see that key, what do you see? You will see what? Chicken tenders, right? If you hear the sound of the keys, it sounds like a, an oven is cooking. <sighs> hey! You can even, almost even smell it. Who knows what I'm saying? As you're holding the key, the excitement. It's not that the key is the food. Does that make sense? The key helps you unlock the food. Does that make sense? The chamber with the food. Does that make sense? This is how these creatures are meant to facilitate our maturity and our development. Does all this make sense? Hallelujah. The primary purpose of everything I'm saying here is this. God's objective is to successfully migrate that tree of life from behind the throne to this world, to this space. By this, I don't mean the cosmos of Satan. I mean to creation. Because everything from the throne this way is creation. Does that make sense? God's existence on this side, he presents himself as an avatar of himself. Because God in his true form, until humanity has been developed, has no expression that's sufficient is on this side. Does that make sense? The only way that God can achieve that is by a community of people. Even Jesus Christ by himself is not able to fully give expression to God. Someone said, hey, blasphemy. Jesus Christ himself has a God inside of him, but he needs us, the body. Bible says that we are his fullness, right? That filleth all things. To sufficiently fill all things. That's what Jesus Christ is sitting in the heavenly places right now. Right? Having cleansed us and waiting until his enemies be made his footstool. And the agency through which the enemies made his footstool is actually through us. And let's show that to us in the scriptures. Amen. Give me Psalms 110. Psalms 110. Because when we say the tree of life, you think about one mystical tree, right? When you say tree of life, you think about one giant tree like this. When you eat its fruit, you don't, you don't get hungry again. And what now happens? Your clothes, they don't get old. That is how the Old Testament saints, amen, receive the things of God, even though we did not profit to them. <laughs> is everyone listening? In other words, the prophet, sorry? That was not the reality. That was just a shadow. The profit of those spiritual things that were given to them were beyond those things. As crazy as those things were, can you see the level of, of severity? What do you think would, what pro, what, if that's not pro, not many people, when we think about profit, <laughs> we're talking about what? When, when you're saying that God's word is, is effective, what do you think of? The business is booming, right? The cars are, the cars are, <laughs> are coming in. The driveway is full. Hallelujah. So say amen. Ah, I want God to be profitable like, like that to me. <laughs> 
in this full scarcity. I'm depending on God for every every filter. <laughs> I mean that seriously. Ask, ask all, the, all these young people that follow me to church. Mystical, yes. That's right. That's right. Because the engagement is for that thing that is profitable is more intense than the unprofitable. That's the truth. Because if they could easily clothes that don't get wrinkled and torn, and I grew with them, and their shoes did not bust in the wilderness. I need to learn what will cost my faith to sit behind a car with an empty tank and drive that tank from Lagos to Joss. Even more faith. <laughs> Supernaturally. There has to be some feeding, some exposure. When, before I came in this morning, I was meditating on, we need to start practicing on the basic of this mystical life being expressed in our midst. And it start, starts with, you know, let's even start with the basic food. You have food for five people in your house, and suddenly 15 brethren walk into your home. As a mother, as the custodian of that food, what do you do? I'm, teach, I'm training myself, right? Yes. Do I hold that food and say, sorry, brethren, it will not be enough? Or do I receive the brethren with so much joy and love and activate the key to that mystical multiplication and bring that food wholeheartedly to the table and say, everybody eat, it will be enough. Like the widow. Can we start, you know, those are, because for us to advance further, we have to practice. God, is, God doesn't start you from there when you have not practiced. Small love work, do it now, sacrifice your food. Okay, so maybe the first time you practice it, the food will not be enough. Everybody will be hungry. So when, it, when you want to practice it the next time, are you going to say, when I tried that yesterday, the food was not enough. You better go and make enough food. Or don't even share. Just keep it. Sorry, brethren, we don't have food in the house. Do you want water? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So we need to start practically, you know, breaking these things down and then expose ourselves to practice it so we can see whether these things are working or not. Otherwise, it will remain theory. Hallelujah. So you see the digestion process. You break everything down. Hallelujah. I actually think uh, this is all about, about faith. Just see it as, as he said it. Just enter it. Um, one of the places I learned great faith was when, when, when God told them that for them to cross Jordan, they should just enter. So don't look at the size of the sea. Don't just look how it appears. Just look at what he said and enter. I remember those days I drive to uh, Ebon State. We get to a place that's no, no fuel. I just see myself in Ebon State and just driving. I lost the scent that's no fuel in the car. I'll just be, be driving. On several occasions while we are, we are driving, the boat joint or something, be, you know, back, 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 back. I say, if you like heat 10 times, I don't have cash. We're in a boy state. We just keep driving. And after what it is, it will just fix itself. We just drive and go, uh, you know, still return back. Just remove your heart from the earth and just focus on God as it is. Hallelujah. Can we see the picture of digestion? Amen. There is the big, the, the food you're taking, it must be chewed in tiny, 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 tiny. Then all of those are all absorbed into the bloodstream. 
You're getting that same volume, but everything must be broken down to the very basics, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Showing us that the engagement, all this is just showing us that the engagement necessary, amen, to activate the life of God on the inside of us is very, very serious. Does that make sense? If the children of Israel, they experience all of those things, it's the profits of them. How much engagement is necessary to get the profit? Does that make sense? Some of you don't get what I'm saying. God's desire was that they would shift their perspectives by all the experiences in the wilderness, by all the word of God that was brought to them, there will be a shift in their hearts. That was the prophet that God was looking for. But they refused to go with that shift and they stayed with what? The unprofit. Now the unprofitable is like the bare minimum of the work of God on the inside of us. Does that make sense? Out of God. It should be a normal thing for us. Does that make sense? That's not even a thing that we boast about at all. Does that make sense? It's a normal, it should be normal. Let me say it's a normal. It should be normal. If it's not normal, we're in serious trouble. Does that make sense? That means there's no engagement at all. Does that make sense? There's literally no engagement at all. And there's no engagement at all. We have to make sure that we are, we are getting the right food, right? And we are chewing it, mixing with saliva, and it is going into our bellies. And then the whole digestion process. Does all this make sense? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So looking at um, this, you know, this grand principle here, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Peter said it like this, the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of restoration of all things. So the time of restoration of all things is synonymous with what? The enemies being made his footstool. Does that make sense? The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion rule in the midst of your enemies. Now, when you read this, what comes to your mind is that God is going to stretch one stick, right? And when he stretches that stick, then that's the sign that he's what? His enemies have made his footstool. He can now rule in the, in, the, in the midst of his enemies. Does that make sense? But the truth is that that Hebrew word there for rod is the Hebrew word mater. Hallelujah. It is actually from a, an, another Hebrew word that means literally to stretch. Amen. But the Hebrew word there for stretch, amen, it speaks of the word branch. Is everyone listening? If you check the other synonyms of that word, one of them is tribe. Another one is scepter. Is everyone listening? So you can basically replace any of these words with that word rod. The Lord will send forth the branch of his what? Power. Of his strength, right? Strength is power. Gibor, right? Of his might out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. The Lord will stretch forth his scepter of his power, right? Or his kingdom. The Bible says righteousness is what? The scepter of his kingdom, right? It can also mean the Lord will stretch forth his, his people out of Zion. So the people of God are the scepter of God. They are the branch of God. They are the rod of God's power. Is everyone listening? According to scriptures, it's very accurate. The Bible says, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, right, that he who knew sin became sin, that we might become what? The righteousness of God in him. So we that knew, he that knew no sin became sin so that we could become the scepter of his kingdom. Does that make sense? That we might become the rod of his strength. So the Lord will send us out of Zion to go and do what? To rule 
in the midst of our enemies, his enemies. So the branches of the tree of life, who are the branches? Jesus Christ said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Who everyone see the picture here? So there is a successful quorum. Because if the entire tree of life has to be found on this side, there is a what? There is a, there is a level of development that tree has to go through, right? I might say development. You know the life of God is developing. The life of God doesn't develop. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, it is the manifestation, right? That develops over time, right? It is the expression. It is the understanding, right? First of all, the awareness of, the understanding, the comprehension, the laying hold of, right? And eventually... The form that it takes, it keeps on morphing based on times and seasons, right? On this side of creation. On the other side, behind God's throne, there's no time there. How many of you know that? There's no time behind God's throne. Things are measured explicitly. The reference point for everything explicitly is Christ Jesus. I like, you know, you, if you study black holes, you understand, you can get a clue into how these things work. When you enter a black hole, you have the points before you enter a black hole. It's called an event horizon. Hallelujah. How many, who here knows what a black hole is? Okay, I'll explain what a black hole is. A black hole, hallelujah, is when, so you have different stars in the sky, right? We have a star like the sun. I mean, the, star, the sun is a star. Amen? The sun is a star. There's other stars in the sky. Amen? There's some planets that look like stars, but basically a star is a very large ball of gas that is burning. Hallelujah. Many of them are millions, even light years away. Hallelujah. Millions of light years away. Sorry. Amen? And depending on the mass of the star, it determines the color of the star for many different parameters. But basically, a blue star is very large. A red star is very small. An orange star, so basically the spectrum from red to violet, right? Isn't it so cool how violet is the color of government? Hallelujah. So from red all the way to violet, you have that spectrum right there. The bigger the star, the more gas, the more mass specifically. Hallelujah. Now, Many of us don't realize this, that really everything in, in space is actually floating. How many of you know that? Gravity only exists between objects. So the reason why there is this sense of direction that we have here on the earth and a sense of stability and a sense of this law of gravity is because of how massive this planet is compared to us. Technically, the pull this earth has on us, we also have on it. But because the earth is more massive, who moves? We do. Does that make sense? So the earth is keeping us trapped here along with the oxygen that we breathe, along with the water. Is everyone listening? Okay? And we're keeping it there. Now, the intensity of this gravity that we have here on the earth produces something called air pressure. Is everyone listening? What we call air pressure. Without that air pressure here, we would not have oxygen we breathe every single day. We would have other gases. Go to other planets. The reason why the earth is the way it is is because when God made the earth, God made the earth to sustain life the way it is here. Other planets, a planet as close to the earth as Venus. Go and check what, what is on, what is on, go, go and check what is on Venus. On Venus, it's sulfur. That's the air that, 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 that is there. That's hell. That's not brimstone in the Bible. That's actually what sulfur is. <laughs> so you change God's specification by 0. 0.000. Where do you find yourself in hell? <laughs> I said, oh, cool. Everyone understand the picture? Hallelujah. All things are by design, okay? So gravity is keeping everything down here, and it's like, it's like a blanket. The, earth, the air above us, the atmosphere is actually like a blanket being kept in place by gravity. 
Now, if you increase the gravity, what now happens is that the pull is even stronger. Everyone listening? That's why if you go to the moon, you can jump higher there. Why? The gravity is not as strong. The pull is not as strong. As the gravity gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, what now happens is that more things begin to implode to the core of that star. Now, sometimes the gravity can be so strong that literally it sucks everything into it, including light. That is called a black hole. Hallelujah. Sorry? Oh, there we go. Yes, there we go. You see that? That rim of light surrounding. There's the big rim of light, and there's the tiny one in the middle. See that small one in the middle? That small one is called the event horizon. If you get, if you get that close, you can never escape a black hole. Does that make sense? Now, what now happens is that when light is coming, because of how fast light is, light will wrap around it because it's not close enough. But any light that gets close enough to it, it is going inside and it is not coming out. It's called a black hole. Now, once you cross the threshold of the black hole, everything as far as physics, as we know it, is completely different. When you enter a black hole, time behaves very differently. Time doesn't, you know how right now we move in time forward all the time? In a black hole, you can move forward and backward in time, but not backwards to before you enter that event horizon. Does that make sense? It's very weird. But you cannot move forward and backward in space. So it's like time and space, they flip on their heads. The way you're always moving forward in time, you're always moving forward in space. Is anyone listening? So if I want to go there, in a black hole, I can move forward and backward in time. I can go there in time. But I cannot go there in space. Does that make sense? I'm trying to explain what life looks like beyond the throne of God, using this as a parable. Does that make sense? Things are very different on the other side. So on the other side, there is no time there. Is everyone listening? God is beyond time. So that's why all these things like baby God, this, 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 they don't apply to God. Because even the platform of reality was given to us by God. Does all this make sense? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the question now arises, how do we get this tree over there? Right? You now have to look at what God wanted to do in the beginning, right? What did God do? The Bible says that God planted what? A garden in Eden, right? And what did he do? He puts the man there to what? To tend it, keep it. So from the very beginning, what did God want to do? God wanted that tree to come out where? In this space. That was actually what God made man for. Is anyone listening? Now, when you look at God's words describing man's function, you might not read what I just said now immediately. What were God's words? Let us make man in our image after our likeness, right? You're not thinking, you're, wait, I thought you said the tree should come there. Why are you now saying let's make man in our image? No, 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 no. The process, hallelujah, of man coming to the image and likeness of God is exactly the same thing as the tree coming to this side. Does that make sense? What did I say? That vision of the tree moving from behind the throne to before the throne is not that you're going to see one giant tree one day like you wake up and you see a giant tree in the sky. Kai! This age has come to an end. Hallelujah. What's actually happening is that what? God's life can be seen visibly. Does that make sense? And when I say God's life, it's not giant shining lights. You know, we think about God's life. We think about what? That I wake up in the morning, electricity everywhere. 
Those things will happen, though. There is no way you can experience God's life without... You know, I said before, there is a prophet of God's life, and there is a non-prophet. <laughs> Hallelujah. The non-prophet, no non-prophet is like charity. They give it to you for free. Amen? The non-prophet should be everywhere, right? It shouldn't cost us much compared to the prophet of God. Who gets what I'm saying? The prophet of God is coming to his image and his likeness. That's... Hallelujah. It's, it requires what? Serious engagement. Is everyone listening? Hallelujah. It means you look like Jesus. Is everyone listening? Let me say looking like Jesus. What are those things that only Jesus could do? You can look at things like Revelation chapter 5, right? Who is worthy to take the book and to loose the seals thereof? No one could answer except for Jesus. All those things that only Jesus can do, those are the things that concern the tree of life. Does that make sense? That only the life of God can accomplish. Who else was? Jesus Christ said, I am he that was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Those are things that the tree of life can do. Is anyone listening? It is those things in particular, the things that only Jesus Christ can do that we are concerned with when we talk about the tree of life. Hallelujah. Now, concerning the tree of life, the reason why the tree of life is so important, the reason why God planted a garden eastward in Eden is because of this principle. Let's open our Bibles real quick to Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. I'll be, don't, I'll be rounding up very quickly. I know I'll be speaking for a very long time. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> my, my preambles and my, my ambling <laughs> can go on for a while. Genesis 1 from verse 11. Genesis 1 from verse 11 it says here, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and a fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind. Okay? Bible says here, the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Hallelujah. The Garden of Eden... Hallelujah, that God plants and puts Adam into, amen, was actually a place where the seeds of God's kind could be found. Is everyone listening? Why am I saying this? Because of what God said in Genesis chapter 2 to Adam. God told him, of every tree of the garden you must eat. I explained this during Melchizedek school, amen, that the trees in the Garden of Eden were not an option. They weren't um, a... It wasn't like God was explaining to Adam, enjoy yourself. Just take any, any tree you want. No, no. When God finished making Adam, amen, when God finished forming him from dust of the ground, God commanded him, right, of every tree of the garden, you must eat every single tree of the garden. In other words, God was telling Adam, you must bring forth according to my kind in its fullness. Is anyone listening? Or as Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, to the measure of the stature of of the fullness of Jesus Christ. God was saying you should be lacking in nothing. That's what God was telling Adam. So to fulfill this thing, for you to come into this image and likeness that I have, you must feast on every single seed of God. Is anyone listening? Now someone would say every single seed. God has one seed, yes. One seed, yes. That's very, that's very true, right? But God brings forth 12 manner of fruit. Is anyone listening? Basically what's happening is that for the sake of digestion of the life of God, God must be chewed successfully. Like Jesus Christ said to his disciples, take this cup. This cup is the, is the blood. This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. Drink it. All of it. Remember that? So don't just drink a sip of, of the life of God, right? Finish it. What I'm trying to get at here is something called, everyone say measurements. 
let me explain what the seed is. Then I'll explain why I'm talking about measurements. Amen? Hallelujah. And I, this is actually what I said during the Watchman Conference last year. Jesus Christ said in the parable of the soul that the seed is the word of God, right? The word of God's, God's, God's dominion, God's kingdom. Hallelujah. We can easily arrive at the conclusion that God's word is God expressing his thoughts, right? God expressing his desires. Hallelujah. I'm sure we all agree with that, right? What, what is a word? Me expressing my intention to you, right? So God expressing intention to us is his word. Hallelujah. Now, the language of, the word choice of seed is very critical. And I'm going to explain why, I'm, why I'm, I want us to pay attention to this. And that's why I chose the graphic for, on, if you go online, you see the graphic that I used was actually, for today, was actually a seed. A seed speaks of the continuation of a life. Does that make sense? If I take a seed now and I put it in my drawer, that life is there. Does that make sense? And all I need is the right habitat. And what, wherever that tree was taken from, it continues. Does that make sense? So basically, if I sow a seed inside of, of Black Sadu now, I'm expecting whatever seed I have sown to continue in Black Sadu. Does that make sense? That life will continue to what? To grow in you. Or to continue itself. That's the best way of saying it. What I'm trying to get at here is this. There is a measure of God expressing his desires in us. There is, a, there is an intensity, there is a volume of interaction with God's desires, what is in God's heart that qualifies as a seed. Does that make sense? You can read your Bible, but seeds are not being sown. That's what I'm trying to get at here. You can even go through a very ghosted atmosphere and a seed is not being sown. The end goal of a seed being sown is that what? The life of God continues inside of you. Does that make sense? So there is a measure of interaction with God's word. Is everyone listening? Once I cross that threshold, what now happens? There has been a deposit inside of me of a seed that is meant to bring forth after his kind. Is everyone listening? If I did not successfully interact with God past that threshold, no seed has been planted. Does that make sense? The key thing that has to be understood is what? Continuation. When you see seed, when a, man, when a, man, a man's seed is spilt, right? A man brings forth seed. It is speaking of that man's life continuing. If you check, it's called offspring, right? The same word for branch, that word mater. It means someone is being extended. I'm ex expressing myself or extending myself. So that seed speaks of the extension of God. There is a measure of interaction with God that qualifies as a seed. I'll explain like this to us. There's a way, for example, now in today's world, you cannot go online without seeing cleavage. I ca you cannot go for one week online without seeing cleavage. How many of you, who agrees with me? You can, I mean, for you to do that, you must have, you must be in a bubble, in a social media bubble. You must not be going on Instagram. You cannot be, when I say in this world, I'm talking about this generation, right? Our millennial universe, amen? Because of the way this world has been structured, our universe right now, you can even see a, a minister of the gospel, a woman, minister of the gospel. As she, you know, I said seeds. <laughs> okay. It's not just God that is sowing seed, amen? As God is sowing seed, Satan is also what? So, sowing seed as well. You'll see some are falling by the wayside. Some are, I know what I'm saying, amen? 
many, 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 many young people I talk to about this issue. I went to go minister once in a church in Houston. Hallelujah. And there was a young girl. She's like the youth pastor in that church. She's a good friend of mine. So um, this young girl, I will talk about purity, all the children, talk about drugs and things or whatever. I explain to them why he wants to follow God. Da, 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 da. I guess serious about God. I walk with God or whatever. And this girl will affirm everything I'm saying. But when you see how this girl is dressed, you'll, you'll be wondering, <laughs> why are you affirming what I'm saying? Why are you a visual contradiction to everything that I am saying? So, I mean, this thing is, is one of the times I was ministering and, you know, there was like a outbreak of power and stuff when everyone was like making like a very, um, what is the word now? A very um, violent expression of what is it now? And power goes everywhere. Things were happening. Da, 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 da. And I'm, tr um, what is it now? I give, she's, everyone is like seeing visions and stuff or whatever. So I give uh, micros to different people to see stuff or whatever. And I give, I, give, I give the mic to this girl to share what she's seeing. And she's sharing, trying to share. I see the throne of God. God is here. And she, what she's saying that she now tilts forward. And the dress that she's wearing, basically her, her, her bosom is, is coming out from <laughs> instead of living water. So I'm a man. I'm looking, trying to look away so I can, I can focus on what God is sowing. through the. I, can, I don't want to receive the vision. I don't want to see any, any, other, any other vision. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Please. <laughs> see what I'm saying now. We need to flood this earth with the glory of God. While you're preaching, they're looking at you. They're throwing seeds your way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There is a measure of interaction. Let's say I stayed there and I was, glory of God can be there. Say what listening. Praise of God can be everywhere. If I stayed there to listen to her vision, what did God say? And I opened my eyes. <laughs> what is going to happen to me? There is a measure of interaction I can get to. What's going to happen? Something has been sown inside of me. Now, when I now go from that place, thought process has been installed. Continued. It wasn't just that she leaned forward. That thing, if you trace its lineage, if you trace that thing's lineage, it has been carried. You know how plants carry, carry seeds? How um, animals carry seeds from plants? During pollination, you see bees. You see animals. All right? The way God designed plants, you see how the gospel is meant to be preached. That's the truth. You see that a plant, when it is time for a plant to bring forth its seed, if you've ever studied the reproductive system of, of flowers, of plants before, you see the flowers, the nectar, and the seeds. I can't remember the exact, all the terminology, but it's a very beautiful thing that God did. You see that whenever a plant is time for reproduction, what they'll do is that they'll now create nectar, or these juices, or their fruit, right? And what would happen is that bees, plants, butterflies, they will come, to come and suck the nectar. Now, while they're sucking the nectar, they're, 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 the surface of their bodies have hairs that can latch and pick up the seeds. They will now fly and land on. Some of the seeds that they picked up will drop on the floor. They'll take some more nectar, go around. All of their activity, what are they doing? Dropping seeds everywhere. Some plants, they will go to a, a what should we call it, a, a, a giant tree or a and they'll take the fruit and they'll chew the fruit. When they finish, they'll spit out the seeds or they'll defecate the seeds. Long story short, as long as there was sufficient interaction with that plant, what's going to happen? A seed will be carried. If you like, go and carry the seed to Timbuktu. Where did it come from? This guy. 
So you can trace, I mean, if you take the genealogy of some things in, in, in children of God, you can trace some things. It came from a prison cell. You trace some things. It came from a, a homosexual ritual. Maybe a ritual that some people had to do to make money. And that's where homosexuality of this kind came from. Is everyone listening? But you see, everything is bringing forth according to its kind. Who knows what I'm saying? The same thing with God. Maybe Pi Elton's words, right? Preserved in one archive somewhere. Someone reads, engage again, break into something. They don't even know who Pi Elton is. They bring into some reality in God. A seed is sown. They go somewhere else, preach. Maybe I've got to hit someone to see a vision. From there, another seed is sown. Who knows what I'm saying? And like that, and like that, and like that, and like that. Everyone say measures of interaction. I hope everyone has seen the picture here. There is a measure of interaction that qualifies as the seed. And we as believers, if we are interested in entering of, or in ending this age, sorry, we have to give God this measure of interaction. Mama spoke about walking in love, for example, now. That, that, that expression of God's government over food, right? Over financial crisis. How know that's the life of God in expression? A measure of it. No, no. Make no mistake. Let, let me explain like this. Amen. God's life is one. Amen. But we have belief systems that we have used to clog up different parts of the heart. So for this reason, there are many words, right? That highlight, that will touch those specific places in the heart. The Bible says, not my word like a hammer that breaks in pieces, Right? What are those, what, what's the hammer you're going to be used for? To break the fallow ground. That is a pure purpose. So you find a scripture. Let me explain, let me explain it properly so we can understand something, okay? Everyone has the life of God inside of them. If you're in this place, you're born again. You have the life of God inside of you. Amen? It is pulsating. It is there. It is real. You know when you gave your life to Christ and you found some things dropped off from your life. It wasn't you that overcame it. It was a life coming out of you. You inherited it. You know, inheritance, I was going to talk about this maybe in a future sermon, but Inheritance is something that's very important. You don't understand how inheritance works. Do you understand how come you look like your parents? You just woke up and you saw yourself looking like them, right? Do you understand? Did, 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 you, did you plan to walk the way you walk or to talk the way you talk? Who knows what I'm saying? Maybe you, you have a, a, maybe in your family line, there's this um, specific way your hair grows. You get what I'm saying? It's going to show up. Or let's say it's about land. There's another example now. This is one that's very important, okay? Let's say in your, in your bloodline, or Papa will talk about this a lot, a lady, when she's about to have her period for the first time, she does, the young girl doesn't know that, Mommy, I'm, I'm wounded, I'm hurt, or something or whatever. Mommy explains to her, oh, no, don't worry. You're of my kind. This is actually what happens to us, right? Is everyone listening? The child does not know. But the life inside of her doesn't care if she knows or not, right? It brings forth... After its kind. This is how inheritance works. You can have something, but you don't know it. That's how inheritance works. If no one tells you, or you don't see it manifest, it's as if you don't own it, you don't have it. You can have a billion dollars to your name inherited, but if you do not know, you do not know. It doesn't matter that you have it to you. That's how, in, if you check your Christian walk, according to the scriptures, we are heirs of God, right? We have to know it. And the person that shows us 
these things is the spirit of God. It is interaction with the spirit of God to get the as I said, word God's word is right. God's word is God expressing His heart, right? God expressing what is in His mind. The person that reveals to us the things in the mind of God, the heart of God, the one that gives us access to the deep things of God, is the Spirit of God. The Bible says that He bears witness with our spirits that what we are the offspring of God. In other words, we have no idea we are God's people. We have no idea we are meant to bring forth that to God's kind. But the Spirit of God has what? Birth certificates, right? He has what? Title deed to inheritance of his glory. They belong to you. Is everyone listening? He has the paperwork. Now, there is a sufficient measure of interaction. This is where I can tell you. I have some inheritance somewhere. Oh, wow. That's nice. You know, it's where you tell a child that you have land somewhere. Oh, wow, daddy. Wow. It doesn't register. There is a measure of interaction. That when it smites the understanding of that child, there is this prevailing knowledge. I know where exactly that place is. I know where it's at. There's, there's some people that they always take their children to a specific place to go and see something time and time again. One day, like if you check um, the way Papa will speak about the royal family. From children, from, from their youth, children of the royal family, they are bred so that what? They can enter into their inheritance. They will go inside cars and be waving to the people. They're going to do this all of their life. They are tutored in this path. Is everyone listening? They are taught to make sure that every single thing that belongs to them, they get to what? Exploit it. So there's nothing about being a member of the royal family that you're not taking advantage of. All you can do is come lower than it. Explain to you the kind of people that you should relate with. There's a way you talk when from the royal family. You have the blood inside of you, but you are tutored. Tutored, sorry, tutored. Tutored. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Priesthood, the same thing as well exhaustively taught so that you can function according to your kind. Is everyone listening? So that your inheritance is not a mystery to you. Is everyone listening? All of us were carrying the life of God inside of us. Now this life of God ought to flow out of us organically and ought to what? Manifest. That branch of the Lord, right? Ought to manifest in creation. But because of belief systems, Hallelujah. Because of ideologies, wisdom, strongholds, doubts, unbelief, fears, whatever English would want to give to all of these things, they are what? Rendering God's word of no effect because of our tradition. Is everyone listening? For this reason, the traditions of God, captured in the heart of God for us to live his life, we must interact with God until there is a sufficient deposit inside of our hearts so that we can bring forth after his kind. Is everyone listening? Hallelujah. Can we stand? Microphone, 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 microphone. Online, online. Uh, we're going to say from what you said, you said long long interactions yes. of God's word allows for a deposit. Yes. And uh, the scripture that came to my mind was um, where Jesus said, if you continue in my word, are you saying that? So uh, it is a constant interaction that allowed for the deposit. And that's how we can continue 
the life of God will come bring forth the fruits of the life of God. Does everyone understand? This is what Paul prayed for in Ephesians chapter 1. Our eyes being enlightened. That is what? See that girl that was dipping, bending down low? There's a way I can shine my eye that will cause what is seed to be sown. There's a way we can shine our eye for the things of God. Jesus, David said his prayer. Open down my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law. I want us to pray for the enlightening of our eyes. Hallelujah. I want us to pray. Hallelujah. For on unhindered interaction with the Spirit of God. I want us to ask the Lord. You know, what, what we're doing is that we're looking at, at our secret places. We're looking at those places where we get to exercise ourselves in the life of God. Part of the receiving of God's life, hallelujah, is exercising yourself in it. Probably if we get a chance to, we'll talk about that again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But puts, puts in your mind the organic expression of God's life from the inside of you. Puts inside of your heart and your mind sufficient interests that leave behind deposits so that God continues. The Bible says that God is at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We ourselves, we cannot bring forth God's life by yourself. Hallelujah. For you to get born again, you didn't get born again by yourself. No, by, it's by grace we were saved. Hallelujah. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is not just a one-time thing. It is a process that we're continuing in. What I'm describing now as the seed of God penetrating our hearts is salvation. If you read Romans chapter 10, you see it there, right? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Calling upon the name of the Lord only comes after God's word has been sown in the heart and then confession is made with your mouth. That confession with your mouth is you calling upon the name of the Lord. Where you have interacted with God sufficiently, hallelujah, and then you begin to bless the Lord who has healed you of iniquities, right? Who has healed you of your sicknesses, sorry, and forgiven you of your iniquities. You discover the finished works of Jesus Christ. And what do you now do? You bless the Lord in response. That is a song of the redeemed. That the cherubs sing. That is a song, the new song that the living, the, the 24 elders, they want us to sing. They have harps. There is, a, there is a finesse, a skill with which we should sing these songs. It's manifest as a harp. There is, a, there is an art. There is a music about it. I have been redeemed. There is a way you would sing it as a consequence of sufficient interaction with the Spirit of God. When you discover, when you discover what is inside of God's heart, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. You can only give thanks as a consequence of the knowledge of His will in wisdom and spiritual understanding. So what happens? You get exposed to reality in Christ and your heart wells with understanding. The response, when you truly understand, when there has been sufficient interaction, thank you, Lord. I bless you. I bless you, Jesus, for this thing that you have done in me. I bless you, Jesus. I am carrying your life. 
This is how people get healed of terminal diseases. This is how people get healed of mental illnesses. This is how financial situations are reversed, are turned around by the interactions, hallelujah, sufficient interactions with the spirits of God that allows the communication of the seed of God to land in our hearts. We want interaction, Lord Jesus. We want interaction. We beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Can you now see that God is the sower? He is constantly sowing seeds. How do I know this? The thoughts that I think towards you are thoughts of good. Not to give you a future and a hope that you call upon me, you will look for me, you will come and pray to me, you will search for me with all of your heart, and you will find me. The Bible says that God's heart is constantly churning with these kinds of thoughts. Precious are your thoughts towards me, O God. If they are to be recounted towards you in number, I will lose track. God is constantly sowing seeds, beloved. God wants to reproduce after his kind. He is the vine. We are the branches. And we ought to bring forth after his kind. His kind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we pray in the Holy Spirit? You can see why fasting is so powerful. What are you doing? You are denying yourself of every other influence but the Spirit of God. You can see why consecration is so powerful. Now my interactions with God on a daily basis, they have a goal in mind, an end in mind. I'm not praying so that I can say I have prayed. I'm not in fellowship so I can say I fellowship with God today. No, 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 no. There is a husband man patiently waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Because of this understanding, I present my heart as the field. I present my heart as the field. 
I begin to drive away all the evil birds like Abraham did. I begin to drive away all the things so my heart cannot, will no longer be wayside. I drive away all the birds, all the unclean and hateful birds. I lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Then I begin to break up the fallow ground with the scriptures. I begin to break. Please understand, sometimes when you're using God's word, what you're using it to do is to break the fallow ground of the heart. Belief systems that are strong. God's word is a hammer with which we shatter, we break, we soften. And after that, his word is like a fire. And we use it to burn out the thorns and thistles of the legitimate cares of this life. When we've stripped the forest bare, according to Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord makes the forest bare. Hallelujah. When we have weeded out everything else that is contrary, we present to Him the good heart. We present to Him that good heart. Here I am, Lord. Your servant is hearing. Here I am, Lord. Speak to me. We make ourselves vulnerable before the spirits of God. God. Thank you, Jesus. We make ourselves vulnerable before the spirit of God. And he begins to bring forth paperwork, documentation. He begins to give you birth certificates, DNA tests, marriage certificates, revealing to you who you are in Christ Jesus. He begins to show you why those bad things that happened to you were not because of anyone's sin, but that you may do the very works of God. He begins to revise your history for you. He shows you timelines. Thank you, Jesus. God has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Can we thank the Lord? Thank you, Jesus, for your life. Thank you, Jesus, for your life. Thank you, Jesus, for your life. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your life. Our Lord Jesus has given us the very life of God. As we break open the fallow ground and the good soil of our hearts are presented unto God, you would see an issuance. The Bible said, He that believes in me, he that has received my word, he that my seed has been sown in him, as the scripture has said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, rivers of living water, rivers of life flow, rivers of God's life flow, 
rivers of Jesus flow and that is the oasis that is the oasis it is a river of the water of life and you are the tree planted by that river of the water of life in the garden of God you are carrying the fruit of the tree of life thank you Heavenly Father thank you Lord Jesus thank you Holy Spirit we want deeper interaction we want deeper interaction sometimes deeper interaction means obeying his voice hallelujah the Hebrew word for obedience is the same Hebrew word for hearing so sometimes receiving God's word looks like just doing what he has said like um, Pastor Douglas said he mentioned the way we enter into these things doing them so what do we do we receive God's word with meekness right the engrafted word of God and we run with it Oh, child of God, God is telling you to give something. God is telling you to stop something. Be free to live your life. Understand that the veil has been torn. So you can draw near, right? That means that your soul comes into greater awareness of this reality. So child of God, draw near to God. Draw near to God. Allow yourself to be vulnerable before Him. Let life flow. Let life flow. Let life flow. Let the life of God flow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to pray one more prayer. Hallelujah. You know, there are situations in our lives that present us with opportunities for more insemination, right? Hallelujah. Remember during COVID, 2020 was a beautiful time, right? The beginning of 2020 was so beautiful for me because of the lockdowns. Like I've never shared before what I was doing that period of time, but it was glorious. Hallelujah. I was encouraged by you and... And um, John, um, what's the name? No, no, John, uh, his brother. Yes, it's you. So when I saw, I was, everyone was just seeking God, locking up and stuff, whatever. I was like, sweet. Uh -uh, this is a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. No no real work per se. I, oh, I can, I have jobs waiting for me, yes. But no one can demand them from me at any point in time. So what can I do? Take good chunks of time. Hallelujah. Enjoy the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a witness of opportunity like that that could come your way. Amen. I want us to pray that those windows of opportunity, we're praying for orchestration of those windows of opportunity. That's one. Two, that will maximize them. Hallelujah. I know this because I remember John, um, not John Bevere, um, Brian Grin was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, if you give me an opportunity to seek you, I will give you my life. And he kept on praying this. He was fasting and praying and seeking the Lord while this was happening. So it wasn't, Lord, I will seek you and play video games. Or, Lord, I will seek you and watching TV. <laughs> he was seeking the Lord. Amen. So we can ask the Lord for these windows. Lord, I want to be inseminated. I want, I want to download. Somebody wants to download inside of me. I want to be inseminated. Amen. Some of us, it's who we are in Christ. Just some foundational things like, Lord, you are my dad. 
that hasn't broken through my cranium yet. I want this seed to, I want this, I want you to knock this thing into my head, into my heart. Lord, I am free from this thing. I want you to knock this thing deep into my heart. Lord Jesus, you are my provider, you are my source. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say it and not experience it. I want to experience this reality. Lord Jesus, you are my healer. I want to experience this for myself. Any of these things I've said now, there is the non-profit version of it and there is the prophet version of it. As a child of God, as children of God, we ought to be experiencing at the very least the non-profits. Hallelujah. So I want to support We're asking the Lord for these windows for these windows in time that eternity can pull back the curtain and a branch of God can shoot forth, hallelujah. Where we can partake of the tree of life, hallelujah. We can eat, we can sow these seeds into our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're asking for windows, angels of God that are meant to orchestrate our lives. Even right now, in the name of Jesus, we command you right now, begin to set us up, hallelujah. Set us up, hallelujah. Set us up, hallelujah. Set us up, hallelujah. Even right now, our own wills, we speak to our hearts, we speak to our wills, we speak to our own souls, and we begin to con con conjure, we begin to conceive setups, hallelujah. We begin to come up with setups, we begin to plan. We begin to project. Seasons of locking away with the Lord. Seasons of obediences. Seasons of practice, of exercising the Word of God. Just begin to envision in your heart and in your mind. If you feel the Lord calling you to, to minister to many people in the place of healing the sick, for example, just begin to envision yourself in the place of practicing, practicing, practicing. There is, a, there is a decree of exercise that qualifies as the seed. And you will see, happened to Todd White. He prayed for a specific number of people. Once he crossed that threshold, a healing gift burst out from his life. I've seen it in operation before, it is real. I saw a paraplegic, he could not move. He prayed for him at dinner. The next day, the guy was walking. He was paralyzed. Spine damaged, some brain disease, just all the creative miracles happened that day. And there was no flashing lights. There was no pulpit. Impromptu, unannounced. Just pray for the guy and walked away. A seed was sown. And a measure of Christ is visible in his life. Wherever he goes, that thing is being carried along with him. Hallelujah. It's a measure of interaction. A measure of exercise, a measure of obedience. There's a way we can obey love, 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 love. Something breaks out of you. There's a way you can engage scriptures, a specific scripture, and something roars in your belly. The public brook of the river of the water of life. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. 
for these opportunities. Angels of the living God, even right now, you are being dispatched even right now to set us up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Please don't think that this is a lazy um, prayer. Amen. If you look at people in your cult, they can set you up. Amen. For, for evil things. How many of you know that? I've seen people that for business deals now. When um, there was a specific person we prayed for a few years ago, um, there was a court case and this girl was practicing law on the way to the to the for the for the court hearing or whatever kind of whatever that legal thing is called car accident came and she killed killed the girl hallelujah let me ask you a question child of god <laughs> hallelujah that thing was an arrow from the enemy right obviously but that arrow from the enemy was fired by someone there was a human agent that was there that made sure that thing was fired does that make sense is the way you can fire arrows at yourself is everyone listening you can you can instruct your angels I do not want to do this or do this. They're meant to, the Bible says they will bear you upright, that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You won't stumble. So there's some things that you can do to yourself repeatedly that your angels will learn something. This guy doesn't like this thing. Now they know it, but that's learning of the, when I'm saying, I'm using that picture there, okay? You're allowing them to do what they were saying. You have done something to yourself that allows them to fulfill some objectives. Everyone listening? So I want us to pray with understanding. Amen. We're making decrees. Hallelujah. We are pulling forth windows in our lives for seeds to be sown. Hallelujah. Things that we don't understand in God's word yet. My ring finger. Hallelujah. Seeds of, of things in our lives that God has set us up for. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Things that God has planned for us. Hallelujah. There is a measure of engagement, hallelujah, that we're meant to come into. There are provisions by the Spirit of God, provisions by the angels of God that can orchestrate collision with these things. There's a way you can so pray in the Holy Spirit, you secure some events in your future. You can secure some things in your life. So I want us to do that this afternoon. Hallelujah. We are decreeing, hallelujah. We are decreeing orchestrations of life. We are decreeing cool of the day encounters. We are decreeing encounters with the tree of life. We are decreeing inseminations. We are, we are decreeing orchestrations of inseminations. We will pray. We will plan. Hallelujah. And we will be pollinated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Seeds will be sown. Hallelujah. We will eat of the fruit of the tree of life. And we will see Jesus manifest. Hallelujah. That life inside of us, we will see it manifest. We will see him manifest. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, the table of the Lord is open. Hallelujah.
the three wise men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tell the Lord is open, amen, in the spirits and in the, in, uh, in the realm of the natural as well. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said he said the table before us in the presence of our enemies. Hallelujah. We're okay, yes, yeah. So we'll have we'll get communion later on. Hallelujah. But if you're in your in your office, you're at home, and you have your elements with you, you're welcome to the table of the Lord. Hallelujah. So we're gonna take a short break until about 2 p.m. Then we'll pray. We'll do the um, keep the um, afternoon watch. Then we'll resume um, right afterwards. Hallelujah. Officially dismissed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.